listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Brandon and Joe Micucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back in to the Shot Callers on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. I'm Joe Micucci. With me, as always, is my fellow veggie roast connoisseur, Kyle Brandon. Kyle. How's it going, my friend? It's going well, man. We're uh, recording this two hours before Turkey Day. Me and you both uh, both vegetarians, but it is a day of sides for us, and so I'm excited. Yes. It's also a day where we do give some thanks, so oh, we're yeah. going to get to that a little bit later in the show. Um, we were off the last couple of weeks. Uh, real life is a thing for us, so sorry but also not sorry. I'm sure you guys all understand. Um, and also because we didn't record last week, I do need to give Kyle his roses. We did have the first shot caller showdown of the year between his Pistons and my Pacers, and Kyle's Pistons won. So, Kyle, congrats on uh, the first of uh, of the next uh, four battles we have this season. You know, they did. They, d- they did get the win, um, but you guys moved us... Um, you guys moved us just that much further away from winning the lottery. No, it, oh, but I, in all seriousness, good game. Um, Very good. I, I didn't expect the win. Um, wouldn't expect many more in the matchup, but GG's. Yeah, my favorite part about that game, too, is that like literally three minutes before tip-off, I texted you, and I was like, Paces are going to overlook the Pistons and lose this game. Mark my words. And, and lo and behold, yeah. they went and did it. I love knowing this team inside and out. Feels great. Speaking of things we love, let's go ahead and get into love to see it, hate to see it. Um, Kyle, would you like to start? Uh, I would love to. Yeah, speaking uh, of your Pistons. I would love to. Uh, my first love to see it, I, I just I have to say it out loud at least. Jalen Rose, courtside in Detroit, there for uh, Thanksgiving week. We love to see him courtside. Lo- him sitting next to Big Sean, which is really the Drake of Detroit basketball. Of course. Um he is actually you know, he has a a role with the team. He's helping develop their next jerseys. Um he is their team ambassador. But we love to see Jalen Rose. He has a Jalen Rose Leadership Academy in Detroit. He's a huge huge um just leader in the community there. He's awesome. I am uh, very much not a Pacers fan. Very much not a University of Michigan fan. I have a Jalen Rose tattoo because I just love the guy and uh, respect what he does for the city and everything like that. So we are really cool. We, to are, see. we are huge fans. Uh, Jalen Rose, we are the people, and he does give us what we want on a day Absolutely. in day out basis. We, yeah. we you're not going to find bigger co-signers on Jalen Rose here. Um, yeah, is that all but, you have for love to see? Uh, no, 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 no. I got. I, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I had to say it. I had to bring it up. Yeah. All right. Love to see it. What I love to see is the Sixers team right now. I love that they are uh, really taking the injuries that they have and turning it into an opportunity, right? Most people, when they see um, all these big stars go down, would just turtle up and maybe phone it in for a while. But we're not seeing that with the Sixers. Uh, Embiid going out, Drummond steps up. Averaging 13 boards. Uh, he has multiple games with 20 rebounds. 
it's awesome to see that out of a guy that they got on a huge bargain at the veteran minimum. And then, I mean, the real star, right? Ben Simmons goes out. Who's going to be your perimeter uh, primary ball handler? Tyrese Maxey. He, uh, he has been averaging 24 points a game in the games where Embiid is out. He is shooting 50, 40, 90, and he has a 9-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. It's crazy. Uh, and really, he's doing it mostly in the pick-and-roll. Out of 40 players that have the most pick-and-roll possession, he is number one in the league in efficiency. And a lot of that becomes comes from his floater that he's using, shooting over 60% in the lane. Uh, really cool to see. I loved him when he went to Kentucky. Watched a lot of him. I really wanted the Pistons uh, to get him a couple years ago. Uh, but we were in a spot where it, it didn't really make sense value-wise. But, man, looks like the Sixers actually have a young, efficient, volume perimeter score. And, it's uh, funny. And that's, that's really exciting to see. It, it's funny, too, because uh, if you recall last postseason when we were watching that Hawks-Sixers series, and this was kind of when the needle was starting to go in the direction of, I think Ben Simmons might be on his way out of Philly. Now, Ben Simmons still with the Sixers. But remember, we kind of, you and I were joking that Tyrese Maxey was slowly turning into the point guard of the future for the Philadelphia 76ers. And now that joke is actually becoming a reality. And I, I really do like, I love Maxey's game. Um, just he, as you said, his efficiency, um, the way he really is in control of that offense, um, it's huge for Doc Rivers that he has a guard that he can trust with the ball in his hands, considering we were all wondering how the offense was going to flow coming into the season. So I, I love that pick for love to see it, hate to see it, or for at least love to see it, I should say. Uh, anything else you got in the chamber before we uh, before we move on? That's it. That's what I that's what I love to see. Uh, really, okay. over the last you know, let's say two weeks since we've been out. Uh, what about yourself? What have you loved to see? So for my love to see it, uh, this was going to be mine for last week. And luckily, uh, this guy has continued his just dominant play over the course of this week as well. It's the return of Kristaps Porzingis for the Mavs. Um, in the nine games since he's returned from injury, first off, the Mavs are five and four because Luka did get hurt. Um, so they've kind of weathered that storm. But they're still fourth in the West. Um and I talked about him on last week's power rankings, but since he's come back, he's averaging 23.9 points per game, 8.9 rebounds a game, 2.3 assists per game, 1.3 blocks per game. And to go along with that scoring, he's doing it efficiently, 51% from the field on 17 shots a game and 37% um, from three on six, uh, six attempts per game. Uh, he's looking like the guy we saw a little bit of before he was traded from the Knicks to the Mavs. So he's looking like the guy the Mavs were expecting to get a couple years ago. Um, and the other thing that I really love about this is a guy you and I talked about on the podcast about a month ago, or maybe just under a month ago, we talked about Jalen Brunson and how he's kind of been a steady second option. Not the greatest second option, but an option for the Mavs. Jalen Brunson's numbers have also not suffered from the rise and Porzingis' play. So now we're seeing the Mavs actually get a number one, a number two, a third option. If Tim Hardaway can just 
find some consistency, I'm starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel for the Mavs as to what their plan is. It's It's been really impressive, to say the least. Yeah, it, it took me a while to come around to the Porzingis thing, and I think it really just took um, a couple a couple gambling losses to uh, for it to really click. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, you know, it, it's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. And and then once it really hits you hard like that, uh, you then come around to realize, you know what? Yeah. This is, this looks like it could be a real thing and, and good for them. I mean, honestly, I think it's been a frustrating situation watching Dallas. We want to see the best players in the league surrounded by good talent so that they can be there in the biggest games. And I think that, Porzingis's game um, has potential to to really step up and be a, a number two or three on a really good team. So, uh, yeah, excited about that, and I think that's a good call. And then I also have one more love to see it I want to throw in okay. there. Uh, actually, in the vein of your uh, Detroit Pistons, yes. uh, as we probably all know by now, uh, there's a little scuffle on Sunday at the Little Caesars Arena uh, oh, yeah. regarding uh, – Isaiah Stewart of your Pistons and a certain LeBron James. And uh, I just wanted to say I loved seeing J.J. Redick stand up for Isaiah Stewart to big bad Stephen A. Smith, who was trying to say that uh, LeBron is untouchable, uh, you know, going on his rant about, you know, guys should never try to step to LeBron. And J.J. Redick just basically said, you know what, you don't know what you're talking about. I just got out of playing in the league with LeBron. Guys are willing to stand up to him. It's the fact yep. that they've not they've been afraid of not being able to get away with stepping up to him, basically. Yeah. And I just I, I love that. I, I love that we're entering this era of guys that spent most of, if not all of their careers playing against LeBron James, not docking this current generation of players for how they act. Um it's just a it's it's a breath of fresh air on the uh airwaves of the worldwide leader that's for sure yeah absolutely and, and we get like a small hint of it with perk and and we get and i think even from perk we then got better when we got more richard jefferson and i think now we're getting yeah. even better at it right and yeah. so it is it is cool to see that perspective he's been awesome on podcasts um, and so I don't think anyone is shocked to know that oh, he's, when they when they announced him, I was like jumping yeah. for joy. It's, it's yeah. like it's such a win for for everyone. It's a win for ESPN, which that company could use a win on their NBA talent. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, it's a win for basketball fans. It's just it's a win for everyone. So yeah, I do yep, love. I it. love it. Yep. So let's get into the to the uh, the not so great. What's your hate to see it this week, Kyle? So my hate to see it, I guess, is kind of the the opposite of your Porzingis thing, um, and that would be the Nuggets taking another huge injury loss. And the reason is because Jokic is now without another player in Michael Porter Jr. having that nerve injury in his back. They think he could miss the season. And then P.J. Dozier tears his ACL the other night. We already know Jamal Murray tore his ACL late last season. Jokic himself is is playing through a wrist injury. It just sucks to see a team that is so talented. Jamal Murray in the playoffs has been so fun to watch. And, I mean, Jokic, I wrote an article on him 
I think it was last week. I mean, statistically, he was playing at an MVP level. Now, I know that the Nuggets aren't winning at an MVP level. I know that people aren't showing up to his warm-ups, and he's not making you know shots from the inside the tunnel and stuff like that. He's not that player. But statistically, he was he was doing everything right to uh, to repeat, and it just sucks to see to see a lot of talent take a hit like this. And you know, I think unfortunately the Nuggets are probably going to be, um, you know, I, they might sneak into the playoffs. Maybe uh, Jokic is that good, but man, it's just they're just not going to have enough. Yeah, um, I I definitely feel you on that. It's it, it it's super tough um, because, like you said, when you were talking about the the Mavs, you want to see the best players with the best talent around them, and yeah. the Nuggets really have done a great job getting this talent lined up. And it's just as someone who roots for a team that is constantly dealing with injuries in the Pacers, and basically I've watched this team's window completely slam shut because the roster can never get healthy. I feel for Nuggets fans where it's like, and even more so because they have a legitimate MVP, which as you and I talk about all the time, you need an MVP caliber player if you mm-hmm. want a shot to win a title. And I don't think that's just you and I, but it's just, it's it's extremely frustrating. It is. It is. What about yourself? Hate to so, see it. <laughs> my hate to see it. Uh, I am going to show you this now on our Zoom call. I'm setting a timer to three minutes to try and keep myself <laughs> under control here. Okay. So I don't go over. My <laughs> hate to see it is Bally Sports. Oh. The network that took over all the Fox Sports regional channels back in March. This isn't just in regards to me not being able to watch Pacers games. This is across the board. For those who don't know, Bally Sports and basically every major streaming service cannot agree to a deal it's a giant pissing contest between the two. And because of that, most people cannot watch their local sports teams, whether it's an NBA team, NHL team, MLB team. I don't know if MLS teams broadcast on there, but that college, I mean, just anything that you used to get, you don't get it anymore. And it, what's even more annoying is that if you're someone that pays for something like League Pass, your local games are blacked out in your area because it is expected that you should be able to watch your local teams. The only way I can watch my local team, the only way that somebody who is dealing in a Bally Sports market can watch their local team is by going onto the internet and using a certain website to find the stream of it. The NBA, the NHL, and the MLB all talk about viewership being down. I know we are a basketball podcast, but this is a grand scheme thing here. They all talk about viewership being down. If your fans can't watch the games... How do you expect viewership to climb up? And also, this leads in to attendance being down. All these teams wondering, why is nobody coming to our games? Well, if the fans can't watch your team from home, they don't know what your team is doing. Not everybody is trying to read box scores every night. People want to watch the game. So if they can't watch the team, they have no idea who's on the team. They have no reason to invest their time and money into going to see the team. Why do you think your numbers are down? It's just, it blows my mind. Uh, that the NBA, 
And I know it's not just Valley Sports. Actually, the Nuggets, um, last I read, their fans can't watch the Altitude Sports Network. I, I don't know if that's in affiliation with Valley or not, but it's just insane to me that these multi or these billion-dollar leagues cannot make programming mandates. They can't step in and be like, okay, we're going to take you off of this channel, and you're going to be on this channel so your fans can watch you. Like It, it just feels like business 101. Um I've somehow kept this under three minutes, so I'm going to stop my timer, but that is my hate to see it. Valley Sports, um, I hate you. I genuinely hate you. Get over yourselves. Let me watch my team. Uh, it, yeah. it, this really stemmed from, sorry, I, I'm almost done. Yeah. This stems from the fact that on Monday night, the Pacers and Bulls played, and I get NBC Sports Chicago as part of my YouTube TV subscription. So in theory, I should be able to watch the Bulls versus Pacers on the Bulls broadcast. I'd rather watch the Pacers, but I'll take what I can get here. And it was blacked out. So it's just, what am I, like, how do you want fans to watch your teams if if you're going to deny it with blackout rules? It's just, end rant. <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating that they black out the games on League Pass, which I'm paying $40 a month for, whatever. Yeah, I don't know, glad to glad to do it but i do it because i want to watch basketball i pay the money and then they say hey you can't watch these games because you need to watch them on your local network well that's under the assumption that the local tv networks like valley don't have their hat up their ass and unfortunately they do so uh, just going off the assumption that hey you can't watch it here because you need to watch it somewhere else it it just doesn't work it's a mess and it's so annoying your best situation you're honestly the best situation you could be in is if you are a transplant of a fan in another city. Yeah, that is actually the best way to be an NBA fan right now, it, it's and that insane. sucks. And that I've sucks. Watched, I have watched more like Timberwolves games this yeah. season than Pacers games because I cannot watch the Pacers games on League Pass or, or I mean it's and you can't watch the replays. Yep. You can't watch it. It's like you're down in Louisville. We uh we did that video on John Moran a couple weeks back, and we were trying to uh, get things together for it, and we wanted to watch some tape on Ja, and it, neither or actually I could watch it, but since Memphis games somehow are blacked out in Louisville, which someone explained that to me, um, you couldn't even watch the replays. Yeah. Like it's it's part of what you're paying for with League Pass. It's it's insane. Yeah. The the it league is. has got to fix this. It is, yeah. I, I'm I'm lucky that I live in Louisville and I'm a Detroit fan and I'm able to to watch it out of market. If I was a Detroit fan in Detroit, I couldn't watch the games. So it doesn't make sense. They need to get it right. They need to fix that shit because people want to watch these games. And unfortunately, they're going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. So uh, You want your viewership numbers yeah. to go up, let your fans be able to watch the games. I agree. That's a good that's, one. I like yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that, that has been... Uh, Eight months in the making now since Bally took over. Yeah, um, that's no, that's a good one. I I got something I want to get off my chest too, and I want to talk about the Kings. I, I was have, gonna say the the Kings situation. I think that flows great with hate to see it because it is a double dip of hate to see. You, this is more yeah. than a hate. It's like the Grinch loathe hate 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 loathe entirely. Just yes, let's get into the Kings. Yeah. So we haven't had a chance to talk since the Kings fire Walton. Which you kind of see coming a bit, right? He never has more than 31 wins with the Kings. Out of the four seasons before Walton, they had three seasons where they had 
more than 31 wins, so he didn't really ever improve it. Uh, just a mess, really. Alvin Gentry yeah. takes over, which, I mean, I think he kind of knew he was going to be taking over. He got an offer from Philly, a better team, and they offered him more money, and he said, mm, I'm probably not going to get a chance to be the head coach over Doc Rivers. I think I'll go to Sacramento, where I think I'll be able to be a head coach again. So Alvin Gentry takes over, which I think is actually good for the Kings in the way they play. Gentry was top three in pace each of the last three years he was with New Orleans, and that's really how the Kings thrive. And so I think this is going to be good, but the Kings are a mess. Yes. They're 1-8 in their last nine. In that 1-8, and eight, they lost to Thunder, which is embarrassing. They lost three straight games by 10 or more. They lost to the Sixers, who were without Embiid, Simmons, Harris, Curry, and Green. That's a starting five. So they were literally playing the bench unit. They were playing the the Blue Coats. Yeah. They were essentially <laughs> they playing a G League the team. Delaware Blue Coats. <laughs> the Sixers were missing $118 million in salary that game, and the Kings were at full strength and couldn't get the win. It's so embarrassing. And, and a big part of it, right? They started out the season, they were five and four. That's because Harrison Barnes was shooting 22, you know, he was averaging 22 points a game, shooting the lights out, looking great. He's come back to earth to really more the Harrison Barnes you'd expect, 12 points a game, and now they're one and eight. All right, cool. Well, we got a lot of pieces we could move. We see we see all the time and pretty much every, it's, it's a meme at this point, right? It's a meme yeah. where you see like, uh, Buddy Heald is going to get traded and Marvin Bagley and like every player that comes available, you just see it. Well, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report says he reported the other day that the Kings want to compete with their current roster despite its obvious flaws. Obvious flaws. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox has played about 300 games and Buddy Heald's played about 350 games with this team. And we know that it's not good enough. This team at full strength couldn't beat a team without a starting five and you think that every player is untouchable and that's crazy to me Untu like this team is gonna go nowhere they're bottom five in the league in attendance right now and they're trying to actually win they're literally trying their best in roster construction and they're trying their best in lineups they're they're trying to win these games they're a bottom five team and i don't think that that front office believes that they can afford a tank because they're already so bad in attendance and so my question to you, if they're not going to do trades, if they're not going to change that up, does this team have a window? Did they ever have a window? Is the window passed? Is this team just cooked? Like, what do you think of this Kings team? And like, do you restart it? Cause it seems like they're still in that restart mode. I, I don't even know what to do or think of this team. So, I think this stems, like, to answer your question, yeah. I think we have to go back to our biggest question that we've been asking about the Kings since draft night when they took Davion Mitchell. How is it supposed to work with De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell? That is a crowded guard, uh, guard lineup. So... Let's answer the question. How, how is it working so far? 
Right. Well, what does when, it look De'Aaron like Fo- when De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton share the court, they have a net rating of negative 4.3 in 359 minutes played this season. When De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell share the court, they have a net rating of negative 10.8 in 234 minutes played together this season. When Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton play together, they have a net rating of negative 1 and 188 minutes played together. So it, not as bad, almost break even. And when all three play together, which it's only been 34 minutes so far this season, so it is a small sample size, but it is a negative 21.6 net rating when all Ooh. three are on the court. Now, obviously, again, that one's small sample size. Maybe Alvin Gentry experiments with that more, and maybe we see that number prove us wrong. But right now, the answer is it is not working. It's simply not. They're they're not productive in any combination. Maybe Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton a little bit. You've got to trade one of them. I don't. I don't right. care. I don't care that they don't want to. They need to. This is just. It's another scenario of the Kings fucking up in the draft. It. it I. That's that's what it is. They I had agree. an opportunity to take a guy that could help them, like a guy. I, I think uh, who did we? I let me see. I think Franz, who did we take? We had we had Jonathan Kaminga going to okay. Sacramento. Even that would have probably been a better fit in theory yeah. at the time. It's just, I mean, Moses Moody was on the board. It just think of all the guys that were still on the board. Duarte was on the board as another guard, but it's just, I, I don't know, man. They. They've got to trade one of them. It's obviously De'Aaron Fox is pr- the one they need to be shopping. Um, just off of that, that number gush I just said, I mean, he's the one causing the most amount of, I don't want to say friction. I, I like De'Aaron Fox. I just don't think he fits. I don't, I don't think he fits with what they want to do. But you also talked about how Alvin Gentry is big on upping the pace. And if there's one thing we know about De'Aaron Fox, he is a fast motherfucker. So that could be a system that he thrives in. It's just, it's just up in the air. Uh, it, it, it's a TBD for me with the Kings, and it's been a TBD with the Kings for the last 15 years, it feels like. Well, what sucks is Fox is the best when they're pushing pace. Okay, great. So how do you push pace effectively? Well, good defense and good rebounding. Right, because if the other team is just mm-hmm. scoring on you, and you have to like inbound the ball, then you can't really push pace as much. You know what I yeah. mean? You have to get some sort of stop. You have to get some sort of turnover or some sort of rebound to really, to really make that work. The problem is they've been terrible defensively, which I think is probably why they got Davion Mitchell is because they were trying to compensate for that. Of course. And then, and then they've been horrible rebounding. So. They get in the offseason, they get Mo Harkless. Cool, you're trying to up your defense. Well, they're so bad at rebounding that they take Mo Harkless up. So then their defense is bad. And so then <laughs> like you yeah. they can't they it's can't just, do all of these things at once, right? Like they're trying to push pace, play defensively, and rebound well. But they're it they don't have a combination you know what, of five guys the, that do that. You know, you know what it feels like? It feels like the Kings are stuck on the create a skater part in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater where you have a limited amount 
of skill points, or even not just skater. That's the first game that came to mind. Sure. They're stuck at the initial create a player screen, and they're like, they've overread on what you want to do to make the best starting player. It's like, you know, you could also just like overload one thing and be really good at one thing to start and let it trickle down as you get, as you learn and get better. Yeah. I, 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 that truly is, it's, it's like they've just been stuck on that create a player mode, a screen, for 15 years. Because <laughs> yeah. they just don't want to commit to a style of play. And they don't want to commit to a coach. Now, I'm glad they got rid of Luke Walton. I, he was never the answer. But right. I, I just keep, I, I can't stop thinking about how they had Mike Malone for that, that short, short stint. And they let him walk so that they could bring back George Carl. It just... That's that's the one that's always stuck out to me with with the Kings after seeing the success Malone's had in Denver. The whole thing's embarrassing. The fact that they say guys are untouchable is embarrassing. And the fact that they know, they know and they acknowledge that they need to improve rebounding and defense. And there's a guy that's been linked to California teams that's really good at defense and really good at, really rebounding, good at rebounding that needs... And their team needs a guard. And you're, the fact that you're not pulling the trigger on that trade is crazy to me. It makes all the sense in the world. And I know you're not going to do it because you're the Kings. And you're going to get the 11th seed in the West. You won't make the play-in game. You will not get a good enough draft pick to make a difference. And with that draft pick, I do not trust that you will make the right decision. The Kings are a mess. I don't see a it's, direction. I don't see a window. It's one of the greatest just tragedies in the NBA right now because that fan base is so loyal. Um, they, they've they they've put up with so much shit from from numerous front offices, from numerous coaches, just numerous rosters that have just not lived up to to the projected potential. It's it's just. It's fr- I I feel so bad for Kings fans. It's it, they deserve so much better. And I also think that the Kings have some of the best media coverage as far as like uh like DIY podcasts and small yeah. small podcasts, small reporters stuff like that. I love I my timeline is lit up with uh with Kings stuff just because there's so many either homies or people that I've met through podcasting that that are Kings fans. There are really, really, really good people that cover the Kings. The Kings Pulse is a is a great one that I love. I mean, there's just there's really good coverage of that team. Really smart people watching the Kings, and they just have to watch bad basketball, and that sucks. Yeah. So. Do better, Kings. Yeah. Do better. Well, speaking of one of the many teams that the Kings lost to. One of those teams, Kyle, happened to be a certain team from Minnesota. You know what I'm thinking it's time for, Kyle? Oh! It's time for Wolves Watch, baby. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. Let's talk about our Minnesota Timberwolves. You are in. I'm you are, so you're in. bought I in. This team. I, 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 I talked about how I can watch them more than the Pacers at this point. I got... <laughs> it's, I love it's it. It's my fallback. So, things were looking bad, Wolves Watch Faithful. It, things were looking real bad. But, oh, baby, they're back on the come up. 
Four game winning streak. We're up. The big three during that winning streak. Our boy Ant won. Ant won. 20 points per game on 49% shooting, 45% from three, four rebounds a game, two assists per game. Big Cat doing Big Cat things, 24 points per game, eight rebounds per game, three assists per game, 56% shooting, 43% from three. It's still crazy how consistent of a three-point shooter Carl Anthony Towns is. I, it blows my mind. Um, I used to dog that guy, and this season alone has made me such a such a fan of his. Um and then D'Angelo Russell, listen, he's not doing it efficiently, but he's getting 19 points per game on 36% shooting, 27 from three. Yikes. Uh, six assists per game, though. Big three's doing well. But they're also getting some really solid contributions from Jared Vanderbilt. Um, mm. He's only scoring seven a game, but he's providing 10 rebounds a game. He's kind of making up for the lack of rebound from Anthony Edwards' end. Because um, that's the one area where I definitely think we need to see Edwards start improving a little bit, um, getting his rebounds number, numbers up a little bit more. Um, also, Vanderbilt's averaging almost two steals per game, which is which is huge. Um, yes, they've beat up on some lowly teams, but that's part of becoming a better team, beating the teams you're supposed to beat. They were beating up on bad teams. Until about a minute and a half ago. Oh, when, oh, we when got the an game update. just went final. Oh, are we at a five game winning streak now? They are against the Miami Heat. They just beat the Miami Heat by 12 points. And listen, I have a confession. Oh, I have a confession. Go. I would like to answer. I have a confession to make. The Wolves started out as a one and a half point favorite at home against the Heat. I thought. What's going on? Jimmy Butler sitting. Bam Adebayo sitting. Duncan Robinson's not playing. Kyle Lowry must be out. I looked. Injury report. The Heat, totally healthy. The Heat were totally healthy. And and the Wolves started out as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So I thought. I, I do you, believe. You fools. You fools. This is free money. And here I, I am. I believe that also. Face. I think that pulls the Wolves back up to 500 as well. Sure does. If I'm not mistaken. Oh. Bulls bulls are back. Wolves are back. I mean, Knicks are falling back down to earth. So technically they're back. (laughs) What more could you want, man? It's it's a great time. Great time for us. Um, I I really do love, I, I love it. This team got punched in the face and rallied back. And look at them back in the thick of things. I oh. love it. I, I do love that you brought up Jared Vanderbilt. I think uh, he's been playing great. They need a they need another guy that can get rebounds. Carl Anthony Towns, like you said, he's not just a good three point shooter for a big. He's one of the best three point shooters like in the league as yeah, it's just crazy. an as an NBA player. And so, um, he, you know, he's not always playing right under the rim. Um, he's he's just such a perimeter player there. So for Jared Vanderbilt to step up and, and be the second leading guy in rebounds. And really, Jared Vanderbilt's only playing about 20 minutes a game. So he's, he's just giving him a lot of production um, in the few minutes that he's out there. So I, I like to see that. and um, I think that's a Anthony good Edwards went for 33 tonight. Let's – oh, my God, in 14 rebounds. I literally <laughs> – asking you shall receive. Let's there go. Oh, he, my God. He, you know he listens to Wolves Watch. 
Oh, he, listen. I don't have a doubt in my mind that Anthony Edwards is tuning into Wolves Watch whenever we. It's it, listen. It's like uh, we do Wolves Watch. It's like the full moon going up for the wolves to howl at for those yes, guys. Sir. They tune in. They tune in. Yeah, that's a uh, that's really all I got for Wolves Watch this week. I just wanted to gush about now the five game winning streak. Yeah, for, beating one of the league's best. I mean, we and not we just, just beating them too. I mean, that was a beat down. Oh yeah, that's a beat and a cover by by plenty. Yeah, and uh, in our recent um, weekly rankings, I know the Heat have stayed on that list of the top ten, and um, and really have been pretty high up there so this is a good win for the timberwolves this yeah is, uh this, is... this week they came in they have been dropping actually they rose this week they rose back up to mm-hmm. number five um yeah so that's a it's a huge win huge win for the wolves they, and and I'll, let's give them this right they have a win now they have a win this season against the bucks they have a win against the lakers and they have a win against the heat those are three really quality wins to hang your hat on, especially for a young team like that. So um, we can make all the jokes about them beating the Pelicans or the Spurs or the Kings or, or whoever, but they also got some good wins in there as well. Yeah, also one other shout-out from that game. It's a guy I almost talked about tonight, but I wanted to see what he could do over the next couple games. Malik Beasley dropped 29 points per game. Um, he's kind of been, he's been due uh, for a game like this. And if Beasley can start getting his scoring up and being the player that we know he can be. And they're paying him to be. Paying him to be. Look out. Yep. Look he, out. He's baby. making fourteen and a half million a year. He yeah. needs to start playing like a fourteen and a half million dollar a year player. So yeah. that's nice to see. Well, that concludes another episode of Wolves Watch. Oh, and Kyle, I think we would both agree that we are very thankful for the Minnesota Timberwolves being in our yeah. lives during these frustrating times for both of our basketball teams. Yours a little less frustrating because you're in the growing pains of a young core that's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, knock <laughs> on wood. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, Thanksgiving is tomorrow, or at the time of listening, it was yesterday. And, you know, let's, I figured we'd uh, go around the virtual table of our Zoom call and share some things that we're thankful for so far of this NBA season. Absolutely. I would like to start us off. Yes. I'm thankful for Dame Lillard returning to his rightful Mm. Dame time form. Mm. Amen. Starting the season in a slump, only shooting 25% from three. He was way down in his scoring average. Team was five and seven over that stretch. Mm. Now, Blazers won their last five. They're up right now at the time of recording against the Kings, who I think that they'll close that out against. Dame's averaging 26 points in these five games, shooting over 44% from three and hitting four threes a game. This is the Dame that we love. This is why he is one of your favorite players. He has always been your guy. Oh, yes, sir. He is back in full Dame time form, and the Blazers are winning games now. They're blazing. I am thankful. Oh, very, very thankful. We, uh, you know, Dame Lillard's got a plate at the table. Mm. We, we, you said, you set out, you know, milk and cookies for Santa at, at uh, Christmas time. I, I make sure to save a seat for Dame just in case he shows up 
every year for Thanksgiving. You yes, never sir. Know. Never know. Well, I'll, I'll continue this thankful fest. And uh, Kyle, uh, let me start by asking, what's your uh, what's your favorite dessert? Are you a pumpkin pie guy for Thanksgiving? Are you uh, what what's your what's your Thanksgiving dessert? What are you what are you munching on at the end of the meal? Uh, not not necessarily pumpkin pie, uh, but I do like pies. I'll okay. probably be having apple tomorrow. Okay. All right. Um, but that or a cheesecake is nice. Oh, we honestly, do love a cheesecake. Whatever the dessert is, you know what I gotta have. A dessert coffee, always. That's a dessert a, that's coffee. A that is the main. That is the main thing. As long as I got my dessert coffee, we're good. Yes, and I, you know the one thing about dessert guaranteed, and this is why I didn't just say pumpkin pie sweet because I I didn't want to spark a debate here. Um, it's just sweet regardless, and you know things are starting a little sour for the Brooklyn Nets. But I am now thankful that our boy KD was patient and is now reaping the rewards of being in that sweet, sweet number one spot in the East where we all thought they would be going into the season. Brooklyn is is looking like the team we expected them to be. They've weathered just that oh-so-rough storm of the of the referees not giving James Harden calls. Um, but credit, credit to Harden. He, he's adapted and he's back on. I think he wrote about it. In last week's power rankings, where he's now taking something somewhere along twelve free throw attempts again per game, or something like that. But I'm just thankful for Katie's patience and for the Nets looking like the Nets we want them to be. That's right, twelve points or twelve, uh, twelve free throws a game. We love it. He's back in. He's figuring out a way for him to get his calls over the last five games, averaging over twenty eight points a game. Mm. We we yeah. we wanted KD to have these running mates. Yeah. Because we love we love Kevin Durant. We want him to have his running mates. It looks like he does. They're back. I'm thankful for that. Yes, sir. Which what's next on your list for things you're thankful for? Next thing I'm thankful for. Askel Siakam is back. I don't think we've yes. really talked about him much on this podcast since he's returned. I'm just glad he's back. It's nice to see him again. It's I the Raptors are, are fun to watch. They're just a good, a, a nice, lighthearted team. We enjoy them. It's been a rough start as far as wins and losses since he's been back. The Raptors were 7-4 and four without him. They're 1-6 with him. But, need I remind you, last year, they started out 6-0 and without Kyle Lowry. This team was not better without Kyle Lowry. Just a fluke. You remember the narrative in 2018... When they were fifteen and three, when Kawhi sat, yeah, and there was there were some people that thought, well, why are they so good when Kawhi sits? It's just a team that plays hard. That's all it is. They have Nick yeah. Nurse. The team plays hard. It's it's not about the record when the team's when the guy's not there. So we're not panicking. Uh, they, they played Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, Utah, Golden State, all these teams. It's a bit of a gauntlet to say the it's least. It's a, a bit of a gauntlet, but ask Elsie Ockham's there. And we get Scotty Barnes. And that team is uh, has the arrow pointing up. I love to see it. I'm thankful to see. I'm, you know, we talked a lot at the beginning of this podcast about players not being healthy and, and all of that. Brother, we love the game of basketball. We want to see yes, basketball players out there playing basketball, being healthy. I'm thankful that Pascal is back and healthy. That kind of goes right into my next one and kind of one of my favorite parts of uh, Thanksgiving. You can't have the meal without some rolls. And nobody is on a roll like Steph Curry is right now. Ooh. 
I mean, let's let's be real. I'm just I I say this all the time, but I just want to reiterate it. I am so thankful that we get to live on the timeline that gets to exist Stephen Curry, the professional basketball player, because it really, what a treat it is. Um, this guy is must see TV on a nightly basis. He's the reason most of us lose sleep because we stay up to watch the West coast games. It's just, it's fun, man. I'm, I'm glad he, since coming back from his injuries. Now I know this was last year, but continued health for Steph Curry and Hey, Clay's almost back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, in our group chat, in our group chat, I mean, it feels like every day. What do you call it? The, the JFC Curry text, where oh. there's just <laughs> yeah. there is a a new stat that seems made up because it's so egregious how how crazy it is. Yeah, and it's just every day there's a new stat on hey he's the first player to ever do this and it's by a mile and no player's ever even come close in the same stratosphere as him. Uh, really cool to be watching him. He's having another special season, so I am also thankful for that. We love it. Well, let's get into your let's get into your final thing we're thinking. All right, all right. Last last one last one. I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to belabor it too much because I know you brought it up a little bit. We we heard Bench Mob talk about it earlier in the week. But I'm thankful that my Detroit Pistons are some bad boys again. <laughs> I'm thankful that these dudes are not afraid to look at the best player of their lifetime. Need I remind you, these players are about 20 years old. Um, it, it, they showed a graphic on there where Cade was one year old when LeBron started playing in the league. Yeah. Their whole lifetime, LeBron has been the best player on the planet, pretty much. And here they are in their first season, second season, stuff like that. Quite literally, ready to go to war with these players. Um, they just went up against a team that had six Hall of Famers. Weren't in the least bit intimidated. Now, did they win the basketball game? Did they Were they able to close it out? No. They're young. They're, they're not there yet. But... Were they tough? Were, oh, they, yeah. <laughs> were they were they quite re- literally ready to punch you in the mouth? They're stanced up, bro. They they were. So, um, I mean, that's this team has heart. This team's gelling together. And hey, I'm just gonna say it. When when Isaiah Thomas took that stand and really backed his teammate in Dennis Rodman, when Dennis Rodman was having beef with Larry Bird. Dennis Rodman said, from that moment, I knew he had my back. We were brothers, and we were going to war. And that's what sparked the 89 and 90 Detroit Bad Boy Pistons. That's what set it off. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there is history. It's out there. It's clearly documented of of Pistons backing other Pistons, turning into the Bad Boys, and, and making their runs. So I'm thankful and my team showed heart. What Love about that. yourself, Joe? So, of course, there's always the main course at the table. For yeah. us, it's a veggie roast. Most, it's a turkey. What have you. Nobody's more of the main course in Memphis, Tennessee, than Ja Morant for the mm. Memphis Grizzlies. And I think I am thankful. I don't think. I'm sorry. I know I am thankful that Ja Morant fully embraces 
being the guy in Memphis, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Not just like the I'm the best player, he'll home do it. Like that dude embraces the city of Memphis. We love to see it when it is a smaller market team that gets an elite talent. Uh, I saw a tweet reply earlier um, to a thread about this where it was a Spurs fan saying, like, the way I see John ja Morant embracing Memphis is the way that we saw Tim Duncan embrace San Antonio. Not obviously in the I'm not comparing the right. two as players, but I'm comparing in these are top end guys in the league that fully embrace being in these markets. It's it's like Giannis embracing Milwaukee. Um yeah. and so kind of linking that together, I'm thankful for these superstars embracing being in small town markets. It, as someone who lives in a smaller NBA market um and has watched superstars come in, put on the act, leave when the free agency door gets opened. Um it's just nice kind of seeing this era of guys just being comfortable where they're at. So yeah, thank you for that. And, and I love John Morant. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know the timing, it's not a coincidence that you're bringing this up because of the unfortunate passing of young Dolph, which yeah. is clearly important to the city of Memphis, clearly important to John Morant. Yeah. Um, as, as they were friends and, um, you know, it sucks. It sucks that, you know, People lost a friend, a role model, a family member, all that stuff, and and he he's the guy that lost his friend and just happened to be another important role model in the city. So, um, yeah, he's he's definitely putting on for a city right there, yeah. which is awesome. I saw one uh, John ja Morant. I don't know if it was a rookie card or just or a second year card. It's John ja Morant, and in the background is Young Dolph. Oh my on God. this card, pretty cool. That's crazy. Pretty cool. To That's see, insane. So. Yeah, man. Thank, thankful, thankful for John Morant. Thankful, thankful for you, my friend. Thankful that we get to talk about basketball on a regular basis. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, we we love it. Well, before we get out of here, uh, to truly get on our way for Turkey Day, you know, we got to hit you with shot collar of the week. Let's go. And I'll Let's get hear things, it. I'll get things kicked off. Okay. My shot collar of the week, Kyle. It's none other than Iman Shumpert, <laughs> the former <laughs> NBA champion. Him another champion. You can call him the two time if you want. Oh my! Man, one dancing with the stars on Monday night. Shots. Props to him. He's the first NBA player slash former NBA player. I don't know if he's announced his retirement yet. I'm assuming he's retired. I, I don't know, but he is the first NBA alum to win. The NFL has had four champs. There's been a couple figure skaters win. I che- I checked the champ list, by the way. I'm not a Dancing with the Stars aficionado by any means. Uh, but the NFL has had some uh, has had four champs. Again, some figure skaters, some gymnasts, but no NBA guys until now. So congrats, Amon Shumpert. Um, I, I mean, the only clip I really saw was his I Got Five On It contemporary dance, but that was sick. There was some so, crazy stuff going on. Yeah, so so you say you're not a Dancing with the Stars aficionado. Yes, luckily, I'm going to lean toward, I, I was going to say, why do I Luckily, like you are? <laughs> my mother, Janice Brandon, oh! is an aficionado of Dancing with the Stars. And I had the, I had the pleasure of chatting with her on the phone the other day, and I got the scoop, okay? So oh, here's yeah, what give I, us, let's get a break here's, here's what I picked up, okay? She's, oh, did you see Amon Shumper one? Said I did. I did see that. I don't know much about it, but I did see it. She loved him. She absolutely loved him. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't know that he was on the 2016 Cavs team. 
but now knows. She said that his freestyle was the best. Um, I guess that they have like different genres that they have to do throughout the episodes, but then they then they get a chance to freestyle, and uh, they said his freestyle was the best. And so she kept encouraging me to look up specifically on YouTube Iman Shumpert freestyle dances. So that's what I would encourage if you want to get into it. She said also he was a huge upset win over Jojo Jojo Siwa. Oh. So I that, guess she, that is, I mean that is a bit of an upset. Yeah. She was she was the 2016 Warriors, I guess. And uh and you know, he he made it through. So that's that's the scoop I got from my mom. I, I don't know if Jojo that helps Ziwa, at all. Jojo Ziwa's in the in the locker room after the loss texting KD, "We need you, bro. Come through." She blew the 3-1 lead. <laughs> she texted KD to be her dance partner for next season. <laughs> Congratulations. Shot collar of, of the week for me, for sure. That's great. Kyle, um, Kyle who, you, who you got for shot collar? For me, I'll tell you, no one embraces the shot collar spirit besides us, of course. I quite guess, like, I mean, yeah. Quite like uh, my, my original brother in, in podcasting, Ben Brown. And that oh, is my shot collar of the week. Keeping it in house. Uh, I love it. Keeping it in house. A couple years ago, uh, I was doing 48 minutes doing specifically the shot callers show uh, with Ben and uh, Ben's doing awesome things with bench mob. Now we love that. So check out those episodes. Um, but Ben Brown, since, uh, since we last recording did a really big food drive, filled up two cars fully with food um, all for donations. So we love that. Ben is literally a role model. He is a, He's the best dude. He is literally the best dude. And so um, just does a lot for the community, does a lot for the schools that he's involved in. Um, he is just so active in helping other people. And specifically when it comes to feeding others for Thanksgiving week, uh, we appreciate it. We love to see it. You are truly a shot caller and a role model. So shout out to you, Ben Brown. Yes, sir. And, and you said it already. Love to see. It. I feel like this whole episode's actually just been a giant love to see it. Oh yeah, love to see it's it. Except good. for the Kings, it's good we vibes. hate to see it. Yeah, it's just yeah. good vibes going into the holiday weekend. Um, that is. Uh, that's all I've got for this week. You got anything else for the people, Kyle? That's it. Yeah, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you're listening to this, um, you know, be safe on your travels um, to and from family or whatever you got going on. So appreciate it. Yeah, so have a great weekend, guys. We'll be back next Friday. Um, little humble brag, I graduate school next Friday, so I Let's will be uh, in celebratory mode by the time uh, that episode airs. But uh, until then, stay safe, as Kyle said, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast and leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm gonna stop and give you all the love I got And show you love